I want to um, just give a shout out to Demaria Joe. A happy, happy, happy birthday. I'm sure she's had a beautiful day and just wanted to tell her and wanted the world to hear. Happy birthday. I, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear her. She's in the background <laughs> yelling, thank you. <laughs> I heard her. Yeah, so tell her we won't tell her age. We'll just say, you know, 25. <laughs> she said she's thank she said she she said it don't matter. She's thankful that she made it to thirty five. That's what I'm talking about. So Rodney, how's it going? Because you're off, right? You're on vacation. I, I am I am off. Um today was uh, was a very uh good day again. Happy birthday to my lovely wife, who we tried to surprise today. Um, I kept Nadia home from daycare um, today because uh, I said I, would, I was going to keep her home a few days anyway this summer instead of sending her to daycare every day. Just keep her home and do some things with her, spend some time with her. So we tried to – we went to we, – we went to – to Mary works in D.C., so we went to um, – I took Nadia to – DC. We tried to surprise Mary for lunch, but uh, she had a very busy day at work. Um, she was training um, and in meetings pretty much the entire day. So Nadia and I went there, and uh, lo and behold, she was she was training. <laughs> um, but um, all was not lost uh, because we eventually got it, got to go up to her office, and uh, Tamaria bought herself a cake um, on Saturday. Um, one of her friends uh, started a business, um, and Tamari wanted to support her business all, and also, you know, wanted to try uh, the cotton candy um, cake. So she bought one of those and then, um, you know, was just talking about how, you know, she didn't want it to go to waste, but at the same time, she also knew that she couldn't eat the entire thing by herself. And she takes the train to work and, you know, obviously couldn't take the cake on the train because she had all of her bags and everything, so... We took the cake down there so that she was able to uh, share with her with her colleagues. Um, so uh, we we did get to do that. And um, Nadia had her first swim lesson this evening. <laughs> um, so we'll have to send you some pictures and videos, Tammy. Uh, but she had her first swim lesson uh, today, and that went very well. Um, and we were going to go out to Tamari, uh, we, we were going to go out to dinner. Uh, for Tamari's birthday, but um, uh, we decided that we'll wait till tomorrow. And, and it was actually Tamari's idea just to wait uh, because you know we uh, she didn't have her Nadia didn't have swim lessons until six this evening, um, and uh, Tamari was like, uh, "No, we can go out another day because you had the radio show." So Tamari gave up going out to dinner for her birthday so that I could be uh, on the show tonight. So uh, we definitely thank her for that. What's going on in your world, Tammy? Oh, oh, not not a whole lot. Um, Jimmy's birthday was yesterday, um, and you know I keep forgetting theirs is right. They're right there together. First time I found that. So, um, so yesterday was you know kind of just trying to hang out with him and surprise him on some things. So um, had a good time and and just didn't do you know much at all. Um, but just still had a good time. So work, of course, I am still um, not fond of of 
leadership man, management at the new job, but I love, love, love the people. I'm so that I talk to you guys. I just, I'm just blessed to be able to talk. I was telling Jimmy today about just some <laughs> of the people that I get to talk to, and at the same time, it Rodney. I, I hate to say it, but I feel like I, I, I need a. There's purpose in it. And, and and the reason I say I hate to say it because I just already feel kind of overloaded, but but I do feel if if it is and and God reveals to me more, but it's just heartbreaking breaking to talk to so many elderly people who are without what they need, who are who who are truly without. And when I say truly without, even without people um, that they thought would be there in their in their older mm. days. So it's just wow. one after another, and I feel so blessed. I had a lady tell me today, she said, I really thank you for taking the time to listen to me because so many people would not do that. And I, I just felt truly blessed. And, and it's in times like that that I think, um, and I feel so so awesome about seeing jobs, not, again, you guys, not that, look, I fight every day going there. But when I get there, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. Uh, but I feel like it's not a job, but an assignment. And and I felt like that about Walgreens. And I feel like I even, I remember the time when I felt like the assignment's over. And so I'm just open and willing. And and I say that, and, and I, again, I'm like the, the, the kicking child who I can see Jesus just, not that he will, but this is me and Jesus' relationship, just dragging me and kicking and screaming like, you're going, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're going, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then I get in there and I get away and I do what I'm supposed to do, but I'm kicking and screaming the entire time. So, but other than um, enjoying Dolly, oh, y'all, she just, um, she's just growing and she's such a peaceful, peaceful Little little person, and I mean, y'all. When I got that text from you about the swimming lessons, I was like, Oh yeah, we do need to do something like that, you know. So, because I hear the best time to do it is when they're young, like they are now. Mm -hmm. So, so here I am saying we like like I have a a say in it, but I'm sure gonna push forward and see what the (laughs) the mama and dad says. So. So life is good, just one day at a time and, and, and being open to life as it comes. So I read your um huh. No, I was just gonna say, um, if it helps, just tell them that um, you know, anything that they think she will eventually want to do or like to do or possibly get involved in later on in life, now is the time to do it because it'll be so much easier later on, um, you know, if she's already been exposed to it. Like, and I was thinking about this earlier, uh, and and I don't mean to cut you off, sorry about that. Um, But I was thinking about this earlier, and I was thinking about this, um, and and it's, it's been like an ongoing thought since, probably before Nadia was born, but definitely definitely more so since she's been born. And just, um, you know, things that, you know, would have been nice if somebody had done it with me. But then again, I don't know if my mom could afford swim, swim lessons. Um, 
um, or, or anything like that. But it's, you know, when it comes to swimming, and you don't know when you'll have to use those skills. Like, even if you don't take a liking into swimming, you may have to use those skills to save your life one day or to save somebody else's. And then, you know, getting on an airplane, things like that, like those are good experiences. And the best time, the best time to do it is very early on. Because once you give them an opportunity um, to become fearful, then it's much harder to do it. Like I got a brother who's 40 years old, has never been on the plane, and has no desire to go on the plane because he's so fearful. Because, you know, we didn't go on planes, you know, as kids. And, you know, he – but he got a chance to see enough, even though – you know, it's much safer to be in the air than it is on the ground. He's seen enough plane crashes or issues, you know, on TV, you know, to where now he's like, nah, I'm good. At least if I'm on the ground, like, it's not like I'm falling 20,000, 30,000 feet. Um, so the best time to, to get them involved in things is now. And I remember a couple months ago, Samaria was like, um, you know, what do you think about getting her ears pierced? And my response was, well, what, like, I, like, you know, what if five, ten years from now she doesn't want her ears pierced? Like, so we've went and done something to her body that she could possibly not even care about, you know, when she gets older. So, you know, and then she's walking around with these, these, these black dots and holes in her ears, and she never had a chance to decide something for her own body. So I was like, you know, we can wait until she gets older, and if she decides she wants her ear pierced, we can take her to go get them done. But it's not like it's something that's a necessity. And it's funny that, we, that we're having this conversation because I feel like, um, you know, chapter 14, like what we're talking about leads into chapter 14. So back to back over to you, Tim. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, right. I think, no, no what I was going to say, I, I was just going to um, – I read your, I just got a chance to read what your description for the show and just, just was in awe, like, okay, I'm ready for this one. Because I'll be honest, I did not get to read Chapter 14 for this show, but, of course, I've read mm-hmm. Romans 100 times. But, you know, until you go back and read it, you don't know what's there. And so I was reading your um, your description of the show, and I'm like, wow, this is, this is awesome. But... What you just said is more awesome about, and I, I'm, I'll be honest, I never thought of it in the way that you just put it about the, the earrings because so often we just do what has what was done. You know, we just babysit mm-hmm. their ears. That's what we do because that's the trend like everything else. But I'm, I've never really thought about it in the way of, well, what if we do this and this is not something that she – Wanted to do to her body. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's powerful, and 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 now is. As a matter of fact, Brandon and I were having a conversation about um, a situation that happened, and he was just talking about how this is a very important time for Zali, and mm-hmm. that you know, for that babies, babies, oh guys, sorry, babies, um. They, they, they're like a sponge. They soak up information, um, and and they're able to mm-hmm. learn. So, at this stage in life, I've actually heard the best time to teach a child foreign languages is at a, a younger age, so that they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. new in their mind, 
is less full of all the garbage that we have taken upon ourselves. So I think that's powerful yeah. just to make that decision because the first thing we want to do is just, especially for little girls, oh, get their ears pierced, it's so cute. But what if that's not <laughs> grow up and that's not part of their, um, they just don't believe in, in doing their bodies. So um, mm-hmm. that way, I think that's, that's powerful and just allowing that little person to become who they who they were put here to be. So often I think sometimes parents, we can, and we mean well, but we can get caught up in trying to force our ways upon our children and sometimes even forcing mm-hmm. what we wish that we had did when we were their age and we're kind of, we find ourselves kind of living through them. And it's easy to do, very yeah. easy. So I think this, this chapter is very, 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 um, a very important chapter, I guess I should say. So, I'm ready. I'm that's ready. funny that you had the same. Re- that's funny that you had the same reaction. Uh, that's funny that you had the reaction uh, that you had reading the description, because I, I, I can't explain the excitement that I that that I had as I was reading chapter fourteen, and I was like, man, like this is this is so timely, and this is something that I feel like we don't. And when I say we, I, I'm not just like talking about like me and you in the show, but it's something that I feel like we don't teach enough, whether it be society, whether it be in church, especially in church, um, you know, in, 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 the, in our homes. Like it's not like we're so busy trying to impose our will either on our spouse or on our kids, or on our friends, um, our colleagues, even if you are, a, uh, you know, a supervisor, a manager um, at your job, like, you know, the people underneath you, like, we're so busy trying to have our way because we think that we are right, and the older we get, the, the more stubborn it, it, it seems that we become, and instead of letting people learn, instead of putting people in a position to see things for themselves, to have their own experiences, to learn and to grow, um, we are like, well, this is what this is what works for me. So this is what you need to do too. Or I've done this; it's not going to hurt if you do this too. So instead of instead of allowing people to be free, instead of allowing people to to move forward and to move upward in life, we hinder people with our views, with our beliefs, and it was never intended to be that way. And that's and that's how it's so easy to become frustrated with people. And so disappointed because we want things done our way. We want people to believe what we believe. We want people to 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 behave the way that we behave, to respond the way that we we respond, and that's not the way God intended it to be. And if we just learn to live our own lives and focus on our on our own well being, and when given the opportunity allow people to 
see, to do, to reflect, to regroup, to come back and uh, implement what they've learned and grow. Like, if we just did that, like, we would be so much more happier in our own lives if we just let people be free. Rodney, I have a question for you before you before you go further. Why you said mm-hmm. something a little early when you started out? Why you said um, that we're so quick to want to impose our will, and you even took it deeper um, even in our marriage. And you're so you're so right in our marriage and relationships. Why do you think that people have such a natural state, seemingly, to impose their will or to have a desire or a need for people to, um, I guess, do what they do, be like them, to, to, to just adapt to their ways. Why do you think there's such a natural state to be in that, 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 that realm of life? I think because uh, I think what you said, natural, is a, is a huge thing. Like, it's a natural thing. It's a natural reaction. But I think a lot of it, Tammy, has to do with um, whether we admit it or not, I think we uh, – and it could be a host of things, so let me not say that it's one thing in particular. Um, we we want to be right or we want to be important or we want to be acknowledged for, you know, something that we've said or done. Um we we may want the spotlight. I mean, it could be it could be a number of different things, and I'll, and I'll give you another example. So, um, one of the things that that we've that Mary and I have experienced since having a baby is everybody wants to tell you how to raise your child. Everybody oh. has suggestions. Everybody, you know, has something to say. And it's always followed by, see, I told y'all, see, I knew it, see, I did this for Nadia, or I I told y'all this about Nadia, or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, calm down. <laughs> calm down. This ain't about you. And, you know, People, I mean, I can't tell you the number of things that that we've heard. You know, even down to, you know, the things that we feed her. And it's like everybody wants you to do it their way. And then here's a here's what I think is a big one, Tammy. I think that because, especially adults, adults have a tendency to want to go back and redo what they thought they messed up or missed out on, you know, when they had their opportunity. Or they learn, oh, you know what, I wish I had done this. So it it doesn't even have to be a bad thing. You know, it could be, I wish I had done this, you know, with with my kids. So since I didn't do this with my kids, now I'm going to do this with my grandkids, or I'm going to do this with my nieces and nephews, or you know whoever that new that new child is. I'm going to do that. Like I've seen so many um, 
in my lifetime, I've seen so many guys, right, it's when it comes to sports, they try to make their sons, you know, these these all-star, all-American, NFL, you know, potential players, and they get so involved and so hyped, and they talk so much trash. And it's like, wait a minute. You didn't do that when you were a kid, or you weren't that good, or, like, you know, what if your son doesn't want to play football? Like, stop trying to make him what you wish you were or what you want to be. Give them an opportunity to live their life. Give them an opportunity to discover themselves, but we don't do that. And I think a lot of it has to do with, hey, I feel like I missed the boat or I wish I would have done things this way. So let me do this with somebody else. And we have to remember, it's not about us. It's not. And, and, and so I think that, you know, for anyone who wants to start to see a change, Start by getting out of the way. Get out of the way. And focus on you. And focus on the things that you can control. And anything that you cannot control, leave it to God. Back over to you, Tim. Okay, Ronnie, I, I I agree with you totally, like totally. Um, I'm going to go back. I wrote down something you said again. We want to be right. We want to be important. And what I get out of that is we have come, most of us, many people associate being right with being important, which means that not being right is, is somehow that, well, if I'm not right, something's wrong with me or I'm not good enough. And I think most times that people are coming from a place of this um, this sick ego, but I'm, I'm going to take it a little bit further and say that, and, and most people are not honest about this, they start from this place of, of a broken foundation, so to speak, where, where they feel inadequate, um, not important, um, not valued, not seen, not heard, um, and so they're 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 kind of broke. They're broken. Like we're all we're we're broken. And sometimes it's like the book. And I wish I had it in here. It's like the book saying. Uh, I think I read a little little bit of it last week. How we start out with this this kind of like golden foundation, and that that gives kudos to what you're saying about babies. Um, they 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 come. I, I, my, my perception, in my opinion, perfectly and wonderfully made and ready because they're fresh, they're new. God's purpose um, is is in them, and they are ready. And then here we come along, whether we be parents or parents who are being confused by the world about, you know, well, we have to do this at this time, and we have to give the the thousand dollar parties 
at one year old um, when they don't know what's going on. I just feel that's all about the other person, not judging, but I just think that's a bit much because if you think if you invest $1,000 for that child um, and then let it stay there, that's, to me, more beneficial than $1,000 worth of balloons and cakes for a a one-year-old. But my opinion Mm -hmm. is So I think that was powerful when you think about the point. We want to be white, but why do we feel we need to be right in a world of billions, billions, I don't know how many people in this world, or just your city, just your state, um, of all these people created differently and for different reasons, have different purposes. Why do we feel that when someone does not agree or they reject something that we say or how we want to do it or they have a better way of doing it, why does it cut? Why does it cut um, the skin? Why do we feel so offended by it? And, again, I think that that comes from a place of, of already feeling displaced within ourselves. And so that's why it's easy to judge someone, as, as Chapter 14 will, will talk to us tonight. It's easy to judge someone when they are mm-hmm. different, when are, does, you know, they don't think like we think, they don't dress like we dress, or they are not where we are spiritually, and we forget, another thing we do is we forget that we are following behind someone as well. Like, I've not always been at the place I am now, but I'm not where I, and I hope I'm not, I'm not where, um, there's so much more, let me say it a better way, there's so much more growing to do. So much more. Um, but I've come so far. So where someone mm-hmm. else may not be where I am, I'm not where someone else is. I need to get there at my at my um, appointed time. I need to get there. And if that's my there, because we all have different spiritual walks, and that does not change the word of God. It's just our foundations are different. We were created differently um, and have different assignments that will bring glory to God. And so in order to do that, there's a self-purging, I think, that has to take place. As Romans 14, I mean, sorry, Romans altogether, we've talked about how Romans is about a change of heart produced by the Holy Spirit. And it says in my reading, and I want to read um, a little insert from chapter 14 before we get into those first few little verses there. Um, but it talks about a change, having a change of heart produced by the Holy Spirit. And it says, without that, that it is impossible to have a right relationship with God. And I do believe that there's a, there's a relationship with God and there's a right relationship with God. And the best way I can think to explain that is, you have people that are in relationships, and you have people that have relationship. They have a relationship with each other, and you can you can almost see it as plain as day. You can see when two people, a couple, you can see when they are in a relationship, or they have a relationship because there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. Right. So. Um, before I turn it back over to you, I don't want to just read this real quick, and then we'll start, I guess, with the uh, – maybe we'll just cover 
It's already 8.32, so maybe we can just cover the first few little verses there. But this is an insert that is just right in the middle of, of my chapter 14, and I have the Spiritual Warfare Bible. Um, it says, a place of spiritual discernment. It says, what is the Holy Spirit's purpose when he comes into our temples to live in them? One of the first things he does is to make our hearts a place of spiritual discernment. The Holy Spirit himself living in us gives us ability to discern what spirit we are encountering in a certain situation. Are we encountering the Holy Spirit, an evil spirit, or the human spirit? Though all may not operate in the gift of discerning of spirits, when the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, he brings his divine ability to discern and makes our temples a place of spiritual discernment. If we can't discern, we don't know who is influencing us. We need to have a place of spiritual discernment inside of us. And I just thought that was so interesting because it, it it doesn't, I think we get so wrapped up in the judgment until we miss the discernment. And so what then what we're not able to do is be a ministry to someone or to be a, a guide for someone through their process just as we needed and hopefully had when we were at that point somewhere in some state of our spiritual growth. So I thought that was interesting because it talks about discernment, not judgment. So if, am I dealing with the Holy Spirit, an evil spirit, or the human spirit? And that is important. That is important. So I think we get so caught up in being right so that we can feel important until we forget that it's not about us. Like you said, Rodney, it's not about us. It's about what does this person need to grow, to become, and to be got to be guided and directed to the Holy Spirit. Now, again, I know by no means am I telling people that you put up with crap from people. I think you do just the opposite. I think you call people out on crap. It's just the way that you do it. Because I think the more we let people um, waddle in their mess, they go deeper into it. They become victims, and they never really change. And what we what we should be wanting is to help people see themselves enough to want to grow and become so that they can be a be a, 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 ministry, a ministry for God because you have to almost become empty of yourself to do it, you guys. You have to be able to set aside what you want, what you think you need, and I'll even say what you think you want and what you think you need and how you want it, when you want it, and how you want it done, because I heard, and this came from the um, Rihanna, said to someone, and I heard it on the radio going into work, um, somebody was repeating a comment that she said, someone asked her, was she getting married? So she has a new guy, from what I could take from the the radio show or whatever, and they asked, was she getting married? And she said, only God knows. She says, they said, she said, 
you we make plans and God laughs. So I thought that was so interesting. And it happens. Like, you could plan your life all out, and God's sitting there saying, okay, really? I could just <laughs> see that happening. So she said, we make plans, and God laughs at them. <laughs> like, and I could just see it. Yeah, right. So back over to you, Rodney, however you want to start um, there. Uh, I think if you don't mind, read your, just just in case, the people, some of the people did not get to read what you put out there for this description. You want to start there? Oh, absolutely. Because um, uh, a lot of the, um, especially in the second paragraph, um, a lot of those things I, th- I thought were so timely and so key. Um, and, and for anyone listening, um, if you want to call in, uh, the number is 818-691-7406. Again, 818-691-7406. And if you have a question or a comment, uh, uh, just press the number one, and we will bring you in by your area code and the last four digits of your phone number. Um, So tonight we're talking about dealing with uh, opposing views and beliefs. And Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. The book of Romans, chapter 14, starts off teaching us how to deal with people who think differently than we do. The primary task of believers is to avoid standing in judgment of people who may differ from them when it comes to their level of faith as it pertains to our daily behaviors and practices. For example, verses 2 and 3 say, For one believeth that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. The Dick Bible, that's the Bible that um, I use, uh, lists 20 duties of Christians in view of non-essential principles among believers, including uh, fellowship with each other in spite of personal differences of opinion, and that's uh, discussed in verse 1, not judging each other, verses 3 through 13, recognizing that each man shall give account of himself to God, verses 10 through 12, following the things that make peace and edify others instead of making a hobby of meat, drinks, Sabbath, circumcision, law-keeping, rituals, dress styles, customs, and outward religion things which in themselves do not destroy the work of God and concerning which all men will never agree. That's verses 19 through 20. And not condemning yourself over anything not specifically forbidden in Scripture by plain command. That's verse 22. Dying to live, what is holding you back from moving upward and or forward in your spiritual and earthly lives? And if I could go back to verse 1, Tammy, it says, Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. And the word disputation is a debate or argument. So, and it says him that is weak 
in the faith, meaning somebody who could be brand new uh, in the faith, could be somebody who's been in the faith for a while and just has not gotten to a certain point or gotten to where you might be with your faith. And the key here is says, but not to doubtful disputations, which again is a debate or argument. So it says, receive ye without debate or argument. If you, first of all, the scripture says receive ye. So that <laughs> that is a command. <laughs> so regardless of where somebody is with their faith or with their belief, Verse uh, Romans 14 and 1 says receive them That's the first part of it Doesn't matter where people are In their faith Receive them Wherever they are The second thing is Which I think we fail at miserably Is to do it Without debate or argument And I'm even going to go A step further and say If you receive them for who they are Then there is no argument There is no debate Tell me why do you think We tell people that we accept them Or we say that we accept people But then we are constantly Debating or argument Or, or, or picking at things That uh, they they it's clearly a, a a sign of where they are, even though it's not where we are. Why do we say that we accept people or receive people, and but we're constantly fussing or arguing or debating about where they are? Why do you think that is? Um, I go back to what you said earlier. We have, uh, we want to be right, um, and you said we want to be important. And again, we have, and 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 that that says to me when I want to be right, and when I associate being right with being important, that number one, I have, I have made this about me, mm-hmm. and this is not about. God, because as you were speaking, I was thinking, so how can we as, um, even using the verse as it talks about, um, and I'm going to go a little bit down, I think the second verse, um, for he, for one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables, okay? And it says, let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. And so we're talking about food. So there are people who will allow um, dispute or who will want to dispute things such as food. And when the, the end result of food is that we are not hungry, right? So how could we or why do we is, is like, I think what you're asking, like even why do we let these things, we say we accept people, but then we, we have things like what a Christian eats, what a Christian wears, um, and so forth. Instead of looking at 
What spirit am I dealing with? What what where is this person? Mm-hmm. Where, where should I um how should I approach this spirit? Because I don't know where it is. It I and I, and I believe it's in there, but somewhere right me with this, it talks about seeing people um and I, and you guys I know this is hard to do sometimes. Seeing people um like seeing the spirit of people that are on giving people a break, so to speak, because sometimes um, it's, it's, it's a spirit upon them, so to speak. You know, it's, the word tells us that I'm still kill and destroy. And so sometimes that's why it is important for us to have that discerning spirit. But writing to answer you is because it's not about God. It's not about glorifying the kingdom not about helping people. Helping people have a change of heart. And the way we do that is in their in their circumstances, in their situations. And how we do that is allow them to see that God is in our circumstances. God is in our situation. And that was that's that is what has brought us through and, and it will keep us going. But we make it about us. We make it about us feeling that we are important, the need to be important, the need to be right. And that means right right to most people says, if you are like me, if you do as I say, if you let me have my way, if you let me say what I want to say, do what I want to do, um, and you say nothing about it. Because the minute, it seems today, the minute you step up, it seems like the people who step up and say what needs to be said, now something is wrong with them. But why? Because people have taken a back door to speaking the truth and saying what needs to be said. Because if you think you call mm-hmm. me out. Now, it's how you call me out. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be like the person They said, you know, if I slap you, you're supposed to turn the cheek. And I'm going to say, well, I may not have read that verse <laughs> and got an understanding of it yet. <laughs> it's just believe. I don't know, but that's just how I feel about that. I'm, I may not be there right now, so you better be able to discern my spirit because with that slap, I might have a worldly spirit because I'm not there yet. <laughs> and I'm just keeping it real. And that's another thing we need to do as Christians. We need to just keep it real. I'm not there yet. But it doesn't mean that because, Rodney, your description says it perfectly again. Um where you say uh, following the things that make peace and edify others instead of of making a hobby of meats, drinks, Sabbaths, circumcision, law-keeping, rituals, dress styles. We got all this stuff. Like you can can dress like the holiest woman in the world, but if your heart, if the Holy Spirit has not changed your heart and changed the very core of who you are, who, who we've allowed mm-hmm. the world to make, baby, you can put on long skirts, tie your head up, wear no makeup, no nothing. You might still go to hell. <laughs> so he says we are just we, doing all these things for what? For what? And it you go on to say, and not condemning yourself over it, you know, where it talks about that these things which in themselves do not destroy the work of God. Do not destroy the work of God in our life. 
or even in the person that you see. It doesn't destroy the work of God in their life. And, Rod, before I turn it back over to you for season, I'm, I've always been amazed by um, in Exodus where it says, this is Exodus 7 and 3, and this is the Pharaoh. I remember just being so in awe about this is one of my favorite to read this, uh, when, when he says in verse 3, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply my signs and wonders in Egypt. So I'm going to read the, that was the New International Version, um, the New Living Translation, but I will make Pharaoh's heart stubborn so I can multiply my miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. So when we when we say God does what he pleases to whom, and I know Rodney, you say, you kind of talk about that, you know, about God can, God does whatever and will do, can do. Mm-hmm. Says, I will make Pharaoh's heart stubborn so I can multiply my miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. So what if you come across mm-hmm. a stubborn heart that God has made that heart stubborn for such a time as this so that his miraculous signs and wonders in the land of, you know, this is in the land of Egypt, but in the land of your life or somebody else's life. What if that, that, that stubborn heart is needed to produce miraculous signs and wonders? Now, and, and I could flip it and say, well, why, why does that need to happen? Because look who we are. We are we are stubborn, selfish, even when it comes to, I'm going to say not we, I'm going to say I am stubborn, and, and all of that when it comes to even the word of God sometimes. I mean, so, but I'm just real with it. And I'm the, the more I grow, the more real I am with God. Like, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. I, if you want me to do this, you want, I need strength. I need some peace about it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what why are you why are you letting this happen? What what's happening? What what needs to come out of this? Even saying, Okay, if this needs to happen, can you hurry up? Can you can you tell me more? Can you let me see a little bit more? And I don't always I don't always get it. But I get it. If you understand what I'm saying. I don't always get it, but I get it. Mm. I get mm-hmm. it. You right. Tammy, I'm I'm sitting here thinking uh, as you were talking, and some things, some thoughts were just coming to mind as you was talk, as you were talking, and the last thought that came to mind was we might be on chapter fourteen for a couple of weeks because there's so much. <laughs> so we haven't really got into one verse, have we? <laughs> right, but the, but but even the, the the few verses that we've gotten into. There's so much in this one chapter, and the whole chapter, you know, really, you know, you know, you could cover at one at, at one time. But this chapter, it's not like it's saying a bunch. You know, how some chapters there are like five different messages within the chapter. The message in this chapter is the same no matter what scripture you read there's just levels to this chapter and as you were as you were talking here's the thoughts that came to mind 
one, and I thought about this um, when you first started talking, we allow the things that are mentioned here, we allow these small things to ruin relationships with people. These are very small and simple things. Verse 2 says, for one believer that he may eat all things. Somebody believes that. Then it says, another who is weak eateth herbs. And I think yours is vegetables. And then it says, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. If God has received him, why are you having a hard time? God received him. God doesn't have a problem. And I'm going to use this because I've heard this so much, and, and, and maybe you have too, Tammy. If God has received the person who doesn't let anything get in their way, whatever you put on the menu, they are going to eat it. Whatever you put in front of them, they're going to eat it. They don't care what it is. They're going to eat it. They don't allow anything to get in their way. Hey, I'm going to eat. God has received that person. Why can't you? Why are you judging them and giving them a hard time about eating pork or swine, as you call it? Why are you giving them a hard time? Because there are scriptures that talk about eating the animals, and that's why the animals are here in the first place, so that you have food to eat. Why are you judging them? And to the person who is judging people who don't eat meat and only, you know, are are either vegan or um, vegetarian, why are you judging them? God has received them. Why haven't you? But this goes to show how the smallest things divide us. The smallest things down to what we eat. And I like the part that that, that you reemphasized, Tammy, um, and that came from the Dake Bible. Um, and, and again, I, rec- I highly recommend the Dake Bible. I love it because um, there are a lot of, like, notes and there's a lot of, like, um, history. And even if you go and, like, look up a lot of, go and look up a lot of these things, like, you can find um, these things from, from a variety of different sources. Um, and that's why I like the Dick Bible. Not to say that it is 100% accurate or whatever, because, you know, wouldn't dare have that conversation. But the notes make sense to me. Like when they start to like spell things, and Timmy, I think you you reemphasize it. And when I read this, I was like, "Oh my God!" And it says, um, "Following the things that make peace and edify others, instead of making a hobby of meats, drink, Sabbath, and all of this stuff, which in themselves do not destroy the work of God. If it's not destroying the work of God." then why is it such a big deal? And it says, and concerning which all men will never agree. There are certain things 
that we just are not going to agree on. Guess what? It is okay. I remember um, a few years ago, Tammy, this this uh, principal who um, he's not even a principal anymore. Um, now he just travels and, and speaks. But he came to our school, and he was um, he went to his last principal job. He took over a school that was rated um, in the top ten of the uh, most dangerous schools in the country. And he took over the school. When he took over the school, they were 3% proficient in reading, 3% proficient in math. When he left, they were 100% proficient in math and 96% proficient in reading. And before he took over, he said that the teachers used to have to lock the doors once they started class because kids would come in um, and rob the kids, beat up the kids, stab the kids, and all of that stuff. School had been vandalized, everything. And he said when he walked in, he told the custodians to paint the walls white. And they were like, are you crazy? Like, those kids, they're going to just write on these walls. And he was like, no, they're not. And they said, well, who do you think you are? That You know, the kids aren't going to write on freshly painted white walls. And he said, I don't think I'm anybody. And they said, well, why aren't the kids going to run the walls? He said, because I'm going to tell them not to. And he said he never had to worry about graffiti. Those kids never wrote on the wall. And I remember somebody at our school at the time said, "Um, so what is your policy on chewing gum? And he looked at her and he said, well, he said, at my school, I don't have a policy on chewing gum. He said, I'm going to ask you what's your bottom line. Is your bottom line kids chewing gum or is your bottom line kids getting an education? Because if they're getting an education, does it matter if they're chewing the gum or not? He was like, far too often people get away from their bottom line. They forget what they want or what they're trying to accomplish. They get sidetracked by the smallest of things. And I thought that was so powerful when he said, he said, what's your bottom line? He said, is your bottom line kids chewing gum? Or are you trying to get them to learn something while they're while they're in your classroom, while they're in the school? And I think that's what we're dealing with here. And the other one um, that you reemphasized, Tim, where it says, and not condemning yourself, stop beating yourself up. Stop holding yourself to a standard that God never put on you over anything not specifically forbidden in Scripture by plain command. A lot of times we hold ourselves accountable for things that God never told us we couldn't do. Or we think that we are failing in life or we're falling behind or we're not where we're supposed to be because of things that we've heard. And we think, oh, my God, like, God can't be happy with me. But we're basing it off of things that we've heard that are not even in the Bible. Remember when people used to say cleanliness is next to godliness? That ain't in the Bible. It sounds good, though. <laughs> but it ain't. Remember when people used to say that? But it ain't in the Bible. But we, we, but, you know, people 
especially when they they're, they're preaching or they can just be talking to us. And that's why, again, it's important. Like, you don't have to, like, take on everything. But people say things, and we're like, oh, man, that sounds really good. And we take it as if it's fact. We take it as if it's scripture. And God never said it. And we're sitting here bound and oppressed and, oh, my God, I had a bad day. And we're sitting here repenting for hours. And God's like, wait a minute. I never said that. But we get caught up in these things. So I know we I know we I know we've gotten uh well <laughs> well into our time, but I'm just gonna say this, guys, please, please, please free yourself and then free the others around you. Tammy, back over to you. Okay, Ryan, a couple of things. Again, I'm just writing down from what you are talking about or what you state. And you talked about, we're going to go back to the food, how um, I think you said, you know, some people, whatever you put before them, they're just going to eat it. Like, they're going to, they're going to eat whatever. And so what if, just to help you kind of understand where we're going with this or the way that, that our understanding of it is, what if this person that... Um, eats everything, just what if, what if this person came from a place of lacking in the area of food, meaning that they did not grow up and have a lot of food, maybe went to bed at night, sometimes hungry or, or whatever. You don't know. You don't know where someone has come from and what they've gone through. So what if that person looks at food as, I'm blessed to have it, you can put a coon with one eye in front of me, and I'm going to eat it because I'm blessed to have, I feel blessed to have something to eat now. Whereas another may have grown up hungry, went to bed hungry, and now he feels like, oh, I have to, I have to eat hors d'oeuvres or whatever, whatever, and, and splurge. You never know. But what if the splurger or the one who sees what's before him and feel blessed, what if that just like, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. What if that's their, that's part of their purpose? What if that's how they will speak their message? Because we never know what God is doing. And again, you guys, I'm not saying we give people breaks who don't, who, because we need to speak the truth. We need to speak up, speak out, and say what needs to be said, but it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's having that discerning spirit of even when to say it, when to say it. So start thinking of of, of it that way. Um, you mentioned earlier, and I meant to hit on this about airplanes. We were having a conversation yesterday, um, and the airplanes, the fear of flying came up, and and I believe it came up because motorcycle. We were talking about. Um, you know, people say how dangerous it is to, to be on motorcycles. And I used to feel that way as well. I never thought it would come a day where I where I I wake up wanting to ride on a motorcycle, especially letting somebody ride me. Never, because I never put that much faith and trust in anybody. And I was just fearful of them, thought they were, they were dangerous. And I said, this made me go deeper, 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 even with the motorcycle. Like, there are far less accidents motorcycle accidents than there 
are auto accidents. Speaking of that, just witnessed one this morning on the way to work. Um, of course, the lady was on her cell phone and they had no time to respond, ran right in the back of someone. Just heard the, car, the crash, the car looks a mess. And so there are far more auto accidents than motorcycles, but people fear motorcycles, I mean, ultimately. Then people fear flying. There are far less, um, but they'll, they'll get in the car. There are far more auto accidents than, than there are planes, plane crashes. And so it's, it's just all how we look at it, all how. And I remember, again, I was afraid of flying. Like, I literally was so afraid, and I talked about this on the show. I remember flying one time and it was it was it was crazy. Now that I think about it over and over again. I mean, the whole plane people on there was they knew because I was a hot mess. I mean, I was dripping and sweating. I don't sweat because I was just that terrified. And my prayer to God was, if you get me down, you will never have to worry about me praying again for you to get me out the sky because I'd never be up here again. And now it, <laughs> it it doesn't even matter to me. I got to a point where I this is. What I said, and it's based on we say heaven is up and hell is down. So it's like if heaven is up, I'm closer to the, I'm closer to heaven. If I'm up in the sky, he ain't got far to bring me. <laughs> That's how I started looking at it. It's just like I'm close. and it's, it is what it is. Though if this is if this is how I shall go, this is how I shall go. So, um, I just wanted to bring that up. And when you talk about the white walls, this is my last one with the the person. Um, painting the white wall, the walls white, and you, I think you said that the principal said, because I'm going to tell them not to. Um, I think there's mm-hmm. power in asking people um, what we need from them or being exp- expressing our expectations of them. And then many times, and I thought about this a few days ago, I'm, y'all know I have this fetish distinct thing about bathrooms, being clean, I just have this thing about them. And so where I work at now, I must give them kudos. They keep it spotless. I mean, I'm 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 just in awe. And I went in uh, last week, and I was thinking to myself, wow, not only, I mean, yes, they clean. They have people that come in at night and clean it. And it is, it is, it is sparkling. It is immaculate. But I also think that speaks of if it's still like that in the middle of the day, that means that the people, the, the workers, the, the employees, they are making an effort to keep it clean. And what came to mind is if, if in most cases, I'm not saying everybody is this way, but if I walk into a very clean bathroom, I feel some kind of way about leaving it dirty. If I mess it up, I want, to, I want it to be like... It was, and so maybe changing those walls and and making them pretty and new and fresh said to those kids in in lieu of someone saying, don't write on the walls, well, they may think, well, somebody thinks that we are worthy of clean walls. And so how Mm -hmm. dare we mess up? So you just never know. You just never know what God is doing and how it needs to be done for that person. Not just me, because the kingdom is not just for me. And if you think about yourself, 
And if and if God, I'll use me. If God says if God accepts me as His child, He can accept you, because I've said here and I'll say it again. If I wasn't after God's heart, nobody. I tell you, you don't need to trust me. You shouldn't trust me. Don't trust me. Because I'm going to want what I want, and I'm, I'm going to be willing to get it how I want to get it. Period. 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 There are things that I think about that I want to do, and I can't do. There are things that I don't want to do that I want to put away. And for some reason, I can't seem to just put them away just yet. But God still loves me. And I'm still going to travel this journey. I'm going to get up and travel the journey every day. Every day. And so, like Rodney said, give yourself a little, just give yourself a little slack. Because if you start to give yourself a little slack and, and calling yourself out, then you'll start doing the same for people. And again, I must be clear, that does not mean you put up with mess, you put up with negativity, that you let people get away. Because I do believe this, and I'm going to take this back to Gator Consulting, I believe many of us are one conversation away from healing, one conversation away from someone else getting their healing. But we are so afraid to say what needs to be said when it needs to be said, and how it needs to be said. We say the right thing to the wrong people. So we say what needs to be said, but in most times, not to the people that it needs to be said to. So back over to you, Rodney, as we come to a close. Tammy, this is this has been extremely um, helpful for me. Um not just tonight's show, but even just reading the scripture, it opened my eyes to so many things. And, you know, it it, it just made me want to stay out of other people's way and not, um, and just to be conscious of, you know, not hindering, my own growth, my own blessings, but not doing that to other people as well. And I, I think it's something that's easy to do, and we and you mentioned the word natural earlier. I think it's something that's so easy to do, um, but at the same time, if we can find a way to avoid judgment, when we don't agree, when we can find a way to not get upset because somebody thinks differently than we do or they may not be where we are or we may not be where we think we are because I think that's a problem too. And we'll get into that next week, but <laughs> um I think that, you know, it's important to live a reflective life and not reflecting for other people, but reflecting for you, for yourself and not allowing 
things as simple and as small as our difference in eating to come in between us. I think that we would have a much better walk with the Lord than we currently do. And my challenge to everyone who is listening to this broadcast, whether you're listening to it live or whether you're going to listen to the or whether you're listening to the archive show, is to see if you can search your own heart and find those things or those areas that are hindering you from moving forward because you can't let go of the differences. Who are those people that are keeping you bound or that you're keeping bound or that you can't come to grips with or that you can't forgive or you haven't spoken to all because of a disagreement that should have never taken place in the first place. See if you can figure that out before next Tuesday. And we'd love to hear about it. Tammy, any exciting things going on? Any final words from you? Um, no, um, nothing just yet. I do. I I just need to kind of be still and get some things in order. I just feel a bit out of order in some areas of life, and so I'm um, I'm still planning the Becoming One um, conference. I uh, just got to get a date set, and I don't know if I even mentioned that on here, but um, I, un- unless, you know, like I said earlier, you know, we make plans and, and got to laugh, so unless something comes to heart and, um, you know, I'll, I'll go forward with it, but that is going to be my focus, and I'm going to place my energy on making that um you know, just a great and, and powerful powerful event. So um, other than that, nothing other than just kind of, like I said, getting some things in order and and uh, preparing for many changes and going forward. So how about you? Uh, professionally, uh, from my main job, I'm just going to enjoy this month off. <laughs> I'm going to spend time with Tamaria Nadia. Um and, uh, you know, we'll definitely see family and friends over the next few weeks, especially with the holiday coming up. Tamari and I will actually be celebrating our third anniversary um, next Tuesday. Um, and we are going to – we're going to go just a short trip, uh, but definitely uh, much needed and much desired. But we're just going to go to – we're going to go to Charlotte for a few days, Um Next week, so the 4th of July, we'll be in Charlotte. Um, but we're just going to get away for a couple of days. Her um, her family is going to, um, her mom and probably grandma and uh, maybe some others are going to uh, uh, keep Nadia for a few days. And we're going to go down to Charlotte, North Carolina, and spend a couple of days there and, and then come on back. And uh, my nieces and nephews might be here. My mom might be here um, after that. We'll see. 
how all that uh, works out. But uh, professionally, just going to take some some time and uh, get my mind back right and uh, get ready to go for another school year because July 17th will be here before I know it. So just going to try to enjoy these four weeks off. And um, my principal actually has been um, – editing my my novel for me um so she wants to sit down at some point this summer and just kind of walk me through um her questions and and her edits um so that I can uh move that along and I, I will say to anyone um writing a book um especially writing a novel where um you need um you, you you need substance and you need, you know, meat there. And and, and that's one of the things that I'm learning here because I, I, I wrote the first draft of this book back in 2015, and here it is 2019, and the book still isn't ready. Not to say that it can't be ready by the end of 2019, but there's a whole lot to writing a novel that um, I did not realize. But uh, I'm in it for the long haul, and... I'm excited to see what happens when it when it's finally finished. Um, still working on the preschool, um, so a lot of different things going on behind the scenes. But definitely excited to just spend time with Mary and Nadia um, this summer and and to see um, you know family and friends over the summer as well. So looking forward to all of that and Nadia just turned eight months on Sunday so four months from now we'll be celebrating her first birthday so <laughs> definitely looking forward to that and Tammy I know Zali is that means that Zali is six months now and is halfway <laughs> to her yes. uh, and, and, and Nadia turned how old? Nadia is now eight months she turned uh, okay. Nadia is eight months. She turned eight months on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and tell tell uh, tell uh, Brandon and uh, Celis, um <laughs> Nadia uh, is knocked out. I think them swim lessons wore her out. Because normally when I put her in her bed, she <laughs> wakes up and I uh, give her give her her pacifier, then she'll go back to sleep. Uh, I put homegirl in the bed and she didn't budge. <laughs> she did. She did bat her eyes. She she didn't even open them. <laughs> I so turned Rodney, the light on. Quick, and, quick question for you: uh, Did did they put? Is this one of many or was it a one time? How how does that work? Was it one of many lessons? This, how how many? Yeah, this is this is one of many. Um, and. The good thing is, so the, the, the young lady who's doing it, um, she's actually a teacher at my school, and she swam in high school, and then she swam in college at Virginia Tech, and then she tried out for the U.S. Olympic team, and she made it to the semifinals, um, and she was four. I think she said they take the the top two swimmers, make it to the – to the, the they make it onto the Olympic team, and then the top four make it on the relay team, and I think she was like in the top eight, um, so she made it pretty far. Um, but she has such a passion for for swimming and for teaching, 
people, you know, water safety and how to swim. So she started um, coaching, and then she was like, I need, you know, a greater income. So so she still, like, teaches swim, but, you know, that's why she became a swimmer. I mean, uh, that's why she became a teacher. Um, so she's a kindergarten teacher at our school, and she comes here uh, to where we live, and with traffic, it probably takes her about 45 minutes each way, but she comes here, and um, so today was the first of many, and we'll probably go until the pool closes, probably Labor Day, um, being that the pool is outside. We had an indoor pool. Uh, you know, we probably would, you know, keep it going, like, throughout the year, and we might find one, uh, but we will definitely have her for the remainder of the summer, and she's so cheap. I mean, she charges us because uh, at, at Nadia's age, you're lucky if the baby stays in the pool for 30 minutes. Um, and and Nadia did 30 minutes. Nadia probably could have done an hour today. She was she was doing so well, but um, she only charges us 20 20 bucks <laughs> for 30 minutes. She must love it. Yeah, yeah. She only charges she only charges 20 bucks. I mean. And we tried to like give her an additional five, and like we had to beg her to take the the twenty five dollars. So uh, we're definitely grateful. But yeah, I, I would tell them get get uh, Zali in the water as soon as um, soon as possible because the stuff that she did. I mean, she wrote out a little plan and everything, um, and went over you know what she was going to be working with Nadia on. Um, and things you don't even think about, like she poured, um, she would pour um, water on Nadia's head. Like she brought a cup and she um, she poured water on Nadia's head because uh, she she's teaching her, you know, and she would, you know, give her a cue like, you know, one, two, three, go. And she would make sure like her and Nadia were looking at each other eye to eye before she did it. And she would pour the water on her head. Uh, because what's supposed to happen is that Nadia, it teaches Nadia to close her mouth when water comes on her head, so she doesn't inhale, so she doesn't take all that water in. Okay, so she didn't go underwater. She didn't put her underwater today. The first time she's teach, introducing water to her. Is that right? She, yeah. So she, I don't, I can't. I, I'm not sure she did or didn't. I have to ask Mary because I, I left for like ten minutes. But um, part of what she's going to do is, like, she's going to turn Nadia over so that her face is, like, on the water. But the goal is to get her to flip back over. She's supposed to, like, flip back over real quick. But that may come down down the road. Um, okay. So, yeah, she worked with her on, like, um, like, kicking her feet and all that stuff today. Okay, cool. Cool. Baby. Yeah, so... Definitely um, things that need to need to happen with kids as early as possible. Right, right. Keeping keeping yeah, it, so. and I, it's it's also possible that the I mean the less fearful they they are. Like sometimes mm-hmm. we grow up so limited in what we are introduced to, you know, and understandably so, but. Um, I just think that the earlier we start, like even with foreign language, the kids are sponges at this time. It's so good because their foundation is um, is so free and open. They're building, they're building those walls, and 
and they're, they're building those windows, and it's, it's kind of like they're building their house. And so, um, you know, it's like the earring thing. You know, Rodney, what you said is, what if she doesn't want earrings? You know, what if her house is without windows? You just never know. So I just think that's awesome to be able to introduce them to things and then let them decide, you know, where do you go from mm-hmm. here? What do you love? You know, what do you like and what do you want to make part of your life? So kudos to y'all. Most definitely. Well, Tammy, this has been a, a, a wonderful show. I'm glad that we did it. I'm looking forward to uh, next week's show. And uh, any any other thoughts before we close out here? Nope, I'm good. Wonderful show. Y'all be sure to tune in with us next next Monday and do read your Romans. Catch up with us. We are on 14. Brand new start, so catch up with us by reading uh, up to 14, through 14, actually. Absolutely, absolutely. To everyone who has joined us tonight, uh, whether it be live or uh, uh, whether you're listening to the archive show, we truly appreciate your support. We hope that you guys have a great night. We hope that you have a blessed week, and we'll see you next week, same time, same station. Good night, everybody. Come